Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the dangers of stock market manipulation and why every investor who has exposure to the stock market needs to pay attention. Here in North America, we need the stock market to be strong for one reason and one reason only. The entire retirement of the baby boom generation depends on it. We've heard how dramatically underfunded pensions are, how underfunded Social Security is, and how the savings rate in the U.S. and Canada has been running below 5% for more than a decade. When I say that the stock market needs to be strong, what I really mean is that the valuations for the companies listed in the stock market needs to be sustainable and for the underlying financial performance of those companies to be strong. With the change in administration in the White House, we're going to see more printing of money like never before, and where it's going to end up is anyone's guess. The performance of the stock market is a phrase that actually makes no sense. What we're describing is the aggregate performance of the underlying companies that make up the stock index. Legendary fund manager Peter Lynch is famous for saying he doesn't buy the market, he buys companies. And if there was ever a time to adopt that perspective, it's now. There are a few things that determine whether a company is seen to be more valuable or less. First, there's the fundamentals. Is the company generating a profit? Is it growing, both revenue and profit? Is it gaining market share? Then there's the technical factors that are influenced by market sentiment. These are the headwinds and tailwinds that have more to do with buyers and sellers of shares than the actual performance of the underlying companies. Finally, there's the financial engineering that manipulates the price per share of a company without changing the fundamental value of the business. In fact, sometimes the management can goose the price of a stock artificially for short-term gain while harming the long-term health of the business. This is the part that's the most troublesome, and we've seen it happen on a large scale in recent years. A buyback of shares occurs when a company uses some of its cash to repurchase its own shares. They could reinvest in the growth of the business. They could make acquisitions, or they could pay down debt or pay out dividends. Stock buybacks were legalized in 1982 by the Reagan administration, and they took off after a 1992 tax bill created more incentive for executive compensation to be tied to stocks. And now, stocks and options make up about two-thirds of senior executive compensation. In the current low interest rate environment, many companies have taken on more debt whose interest cost is tax-deductible, to buy back shares where the dividends might be more costly. Imagine if you had a preferred share with an interest rate coupon at 7%, and you could borrow funds in today's environment at, say, 5%. You could buy back equity, which reduces the number of outstanding shares, and reduce your interest expense at the same time. That would be an obvious move for any company to take, and it would make a lot of sense. But where it gets dangerous is when a company retires common shares that do not pay a dividend and increases the company's debt in order to reduce the number of shares outstanding. Reducing a company's float of outstanding shares through a buyback program increases the earnings per share, creating the illusion that a company is performing better than it really is. The increase in earnings per share can drive bonuses for company executives. Imagine for a moment that executive compensation is tied to earnings per share. In some cases, the compensation might be a cash payment or, as is increasingly the case, stock options. On the surface, it seems like a fair and reasonable method. Let's look at a fictitious example just to illustrate how dangerous this can be. We're going to use the company from the Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote cartoon. Our company is called Acme. The company has an enterprise value of a billion dollars with virtually no debt, and the stock is trading at $10. The company is earning $1 per share. The company executives are given a stock option grant at $10. So, today, their options are worth zero 
because the stock is trading at $10. The company had a hiccup in the past year, its revenue is flat, and its earnings are flat. So the executives decide to go and borrow $100 million to buy back 10% of the shares of the company. Interest cost has gone up a bit, so they decide to lay off a few employees to reduce expenses. The impact of the layoff is on projects that would deliver revenue in three to four years, so the immediate impact to revenue is zero. It's merely a cost saving to offset the higher interest expense. With fewer shares in circulation, the earnings per share have increased by 10%. All other things being equal, the shares are now worth $11. The company executives are now sitting on $1 worth of profit on their stock options. Whereas the shareholders saw a 10% increase in share price, the executives are seeing infinite return on their stock options. I realize this is a simplified example, but it's indicative of the type of manipulation that's possible with share buybacks. In particular, it's indicative of the type of manipulation that's been rampant with historically low interest rates. The incentive is simply too great, and the independent board members are all too happy to support the move. Why? Because they are compensated with stock options as well. So you think about that. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.